said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast the continuation of our coverage of g1 28 it's 28 right uh yes 28 g128 and, the, and those uh dulcet tones you hear is john LaRocca. he's back we're gonna go through shows eight through twelve with it being five shows uh we won't we'll just go over the highlights because it's a, it's a lot of matches but um John, we are 12 shows down, and not that many shows left before the end of this tournament. Um, how are you feeling about right now? Are you tired? Are you, are you excited, just as excited as night one? Like, what, what's your temperature? I'm in the middle right now. I'm kind of like, okay, let's, let's get towards the, the finals, you know? I'm kind of ready for that um, next week. It's kind of like that part where it's like, Every G one kind of has it. It's kind of like that little lull, you know. Between, yeah. so I think that's where I think that's where we're at. I mean, there's some really good matches, though. Of course, there's been some really, 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 really damn good ones. But I'm kind of like, okay, I'm ready for ready for that final night and wrap this thing up. So there are six shows left before the finals. Um, actually, what I should have done is I should have printed up where we are in the standings. Um, Looking specifically at the A block, uh, and this is, uh, we are recording this before Night 13, which is headlined by um, Suzuki against Okada. I think that's the main event uh, of tonight's show. So in the <clears throat> in the A block, you have Tanahashi with 10 points, Evil Okada Suzuki with 8. So the Okada Suzuki winner will uh, distance himself from uh, from the other person he's tied with. Jay White, also eight. Then you have Fale, six. Elgin and Makabe, four. Hangman, Page, and Yoshihashi, two. And if we go to the other side, Omega is hasn't lost a match yet, so he's at 12. Uh, Naito's at 10. Ibushi's eight. Sonata, Saber uh, have six. Ishii, Juice have four. And uh, Tonga and, uh, and Yano only have two points. So if... Kota Ibushi is to come out of the B block like we had uh, we had both predicted. Um, he's got he's got to Kenny's got to lose basically before he gets there uh, because if if Kenny doesn't lose until that final match with Ibushi, there's no way Ibushi can catch him. So uh, Kenny mm-hmm. Kenny's got to lose uh, or else uh, uh, you know he's he's probably going to win this win this B block, but. Um, uh, Trying to think who he has coming up. He has uh, Yano next. <laughs> He's got. I mean, um, I, you could do something funky, but I don't think they will. Uh, He's got Ishi uh, on uh, in, in a couple days, uh, and then he's got 
Um, like you said, he's got Yano, and then in the, in the last night, it's he and Ibushi, which I'm predicting right now that that is going to be the best match on the show. The only thing I think that holds it back is I'm, I'm not exactly sure how much Kenny is hurt. I mean, I think he's de- he's definitely hurt. He's got the heel thing. He he played it up a lot in the Zack Sabre Jr. match, but I think a lot of that was you know just for the story of the, of the match. But I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he's a little banged up, and it's the last match of the of the G1 until the finals. Uh, Ibushi and um, and Ishi like l- almost like had a real fight, <laughs> like. They like were doing so many crazy things. Like I thought one of them was gonna, you know, was gonna come out uh, uh, with a major injury because of all the stuff they were doing. So the only thing that stops that from being like the best match of the tournament is possibly injuries. But I just think like the environment and, and like the audience like is just gonna be going nuts for that match because when's the last time that they actually wrestled each other? It's been years, I believe. Yeah, maybe two thousand. Thirteen, fourteen. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm down thinking about it. I, I, I gotta look it up, but um, but yeah, it's been a long time, and it's been really been building to this match. You're right; it's gonna be crazy. The crowd's gonna go eight for anything they do. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's be really good, and it's gonna be exciting. And if you're a fan of athletic moves and high spots and they're definitely going to get their money's worth of this match coming up. And then the night before, I mean, it's going to be what could possibly the other the other great match or the other best match of the tournament is uh, is Okada Tanahashi. They've kind of been slowly, slowly getting there like they always do. And I'm super excited for that match, even though we just saw them wrestle a few months ago. But that match was really was really great. Um, so the yeah. turn the tournament's going to end uh, really strong. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, we have six more shows. We'll, we'll, we'll get there soon. I think what's going to happen is like you, I'm excited to get to the end. And then when we get to the end, then I'm going to be sad. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be sad because, you know, I enjoy like watching it, you know, we're all watching these things together, not totally together, but we're all keeping up and then giving our thoughts on our favorites and, and, um, Pick, you know, just this constant discussion about it. So that's always fun. I mean, we got, we always are us three, you know, you, myself and the heartbreak kid, David Rubio always, always talk all day. But like, you know, it's just been fun when you talk about G1 and, and because we all have different opinions about what we like and what we dislike about our pro wrestling. So it's always a, a great discussion. So before we get to uh, our favorite or what we consider the best matches, the best 10, um, I I do want to look at your list and my list. Before we get there, I'm finally at my frustration level where I'm like really itching to hit the fast forward button on Tonga and Fale's matches because (laughs) I we know what's coming, right? Like, um I, like I felt like because I was a little bit behind, um, I didn't get to watch any last night, so I had to really catch up today. And knowing that you know we were going to record, I was like, okay, like I want to do, you know, I want to make sure I watch all this stuff in time. And the the uh, the Tonga match with, um, gosh, who did he wrestle the other day? Uh, was it was it Naito? Did he, no, he didn't wrestle Naito. He wrestled. Um, 
gosh, not I can't remember. I can't I can't believe I did, I uh, I forgot already. Uh, but anyways, I was just so close to fast forwarding, and I was like, nope, you know, I gotta watch this. There might be something good. Um, and and I was just like, okay, like I won't fast forward it, but I desperately wanted to, and I feel the same way with the Fale matches. Uh, Tonga and Ishii was, it was the match I was thinking of. Um, and even it was even you know it was fairly decent, but it's just when you know that the interference is coming, it just kind of like deflates you. Um, and you know, it almost, I mean, this is not comparable because the wrestling is so much better, but it's almost like when Jeff Jarrett was in TNA as the champion and like predictably you knew how every Jeff Jarrett match was going to end. I, it's not that bad because the wrestling is way better, but I'm starting to feel like that. Like, Oh my God, here we go again. Man, I think you just stole all my lines. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, I was preparing for the show and just thinking about, like, you know, the matches I saw and trying to refresh kind of, like, my thoughts on the matches. And I remember, like, okay, we're gonna, I know we're going to talk about Tomatonga's matches and the interference and how I'm feeling about that still. And I was, like, thinking, like, yeah, you're watching these matches with, with Tonga and you're just waiting. Like, you just know it's coming, but you're not really invested in the beginning of the match. And then when it happens, you're kind of like, okay, here it goes, here it is. And I was thinking to myself too, it's like, it's like watching a Jeff Jarrett <laughs> World Championship TNA match. Man, it's so I, funny you say that. I stole your thunder. I should have. I should have. Uh... No, it's all good. It's all good. That's what it feels like. Like, like, like when this his, his the matches for Fale and Tongan happen, it just it's like I watch it because I need to watch them all and and be a, I'm a completist like that. But like, but like, I just. I just get so like I'm just so like bored, you know, and, and like I feel bad because I want to like I really do want to concentrate on it, and I am, but like it's almost like okay, you're like all this stuff doesn't matter to me because I know it's going to happen. Then there'll be interference, and it's got and the referee is going to be taken advantage of, and it's, it's the crowd's it's not going to like it, you know. It's just it's just it's dumb. This whole I'm not feeling this whole Tongan thing yet. Still not feeling it. Still not connecting with me. Um. I'm not. I, I, like I said, I, I I need to talk to someone in Japan that. <laughs> I don't want. Like, I want to know what the how the how the fans are feeling about it. You know, yeah. like I know like a lot of the hardcore guys that follow this stuff and we talk on Twitter or whatnot. But like, I want to know like people in Japan think, and all my friends that I talk to in Japan are all like different promotion fans. So, so I have to find someone that really. Uh, really into the Japan stuff and get there and lives in Japan and watches it. And I want to know how the fans really feel at like this part of the show. They just booing because they know they're supposed to boo, you know? Yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. it's interesting. It's that, that's actually really interesting to me about all this. Um, so what if, if the show, if, if G1 ended at show number 12, uh, and and that was it. And there's no more G1. What would be your favorite, or what you would consider the best match of the tournament so far? Uh, I still have number one. Still going to be uh, Naito and Omega for me. Yeah, I completely I, I completely agree with you on that one. I think um, I think it just is that extra level above, and some and partly some of it is because it was the second night, and the crowd was going nuts, and those guys were on fire. You know, they were out there to, to really have, like, the best match. Um, but, yeah, that one still stands out to me as well. What What's your next uh, your next two or three? Uh, my next is uh, Goto and Ishii from Corkin. 
Um, that match was just fantastic. You know, especially when it, like I, when we first reviewed it, I was, you know, it was one of those matches where I had to go walk back and watch it again. Yeah. So watching all these matches, that's the only match. Actually, that's the only match so far I actually watched again. So I don't know, maybe it could be my number one. <laughs> no, thinking about it, but uh, but I really had to watch that one again because it was it was something special. And uh, and uh, yeah, that one's uh, number two. And number three is Naito. Oops, how about that? Is Naito and Ishii. Naito from uh, July nineteenth. And Ishii, what night was that? Uh, I had dates. I don't have nights. I should change that around. <laughs> All right, no, I'm I'm just uh, I'm looking at where I where I had it. Um. Okay, so that's uh, night four. Got it. Got it. So um, yeah, that match that match is pretty damn good too. Um, I have uh. I have my second favorite match, or what I thought the second best match was Omega and Goto from Night Four, and then I have tied, or you know, it's slightly ahead of it, just in ranking, is the Goto Ishi match that you were talking about. Um, and then what do you? Uh, I, I have Ibushi and Ishi uh, after that. Uh, I thought that match, while probably a little bit over the top and um, too nuts, it was I, I could like. The crowd was into that in a ridiculous way, and um, and I thought that just made you know that match even even better. Even though a lot of the stuff that was going on, I was like, okay, it's a little bit over the top. It's uh, you know they're 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 no selling too much stuff, and they're doing too many crazy things. But the crowd was just so into it, so I think I thought it made that match even better. Yeah, four and five, I have Okada and Page at four. And then five, I have Ishii and Ibushi. Um, you're right that um, Ishii Ibushi match was just was just nuts. And uh, there's a I'm trying to remember who took the lawn the lawn dart or whatever in the into the corner. Was it either way? I think I think it was Ishii that took it. It just looks so nasty. I'm like that cannot be good for you. <laughs> you know, it cannot be good. I'm with you on Okada Page. Uh, that's my fifth uh, ranked match. The and and the thing about that match is is if like I, I wonder if everyone. I mean, I think I think most most you know wrestling fans who understand the psychology and understand sort of the what what the what the match is trying to do. I think they totally get that match. But there were so many subtle things that Okada did that I thought made that match so special. Um, but that's five for me as well. I actually have, um, I think it's uh, Ibushi and Sonata right underneath there. And then uh, Ibushi and Goto, which was just from Night 12. I, uh, I, and I have those right under there. I'll just finish out the rest of my top ten. Uh, Omega Sonata from night 10, Ishii Naito from night 4, and I think that's the one that you had uh, as uh, as your third uh, favorite match. And then the number 10 is uh, Suzuki and Tanahashi from night 1. Uh, I, there, you know, there was so much uh, it's really good drama in that match, and you know, Tanahashi's just been excellent the whole tournament. You could argue... Actually, after you give me your ten, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a specific question about uh, 
Tanahashi and Okada. But go ahead and finish your 10. Oh, yeah. So my number six was Omega and Sonata. Number seven was EC and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, number eight was Ibushi and Goto. Number nine was Tanahashi and Suzuki. And then number 10 was Sonata and Goto. So my question to you is, we saw on uh, back-to-back A blocks, um, Okada against Yoshihashi and then Tanahashi against Yoshihashi. And the story behind both of those matches was especially uh, Okada. He's like, ah, kind of taking him for granted. Not really on my level. And, you know, Yoshihashi played the underdog uh, pretty well. And then in the Tanahashi match, it was sort of sort of similar. But, you know, Tanahashi's the old vet. And after the match, they're kind of like, I'm not exactly sure if they were just like trash talking each other or if Yoshihashi was like, I almost had you. And Tanahashi's like, no, you know, whatever they were doing, like there was some pretty, I thought those pretty cool sort of back to back um, matches where you got the, you know, the guys who were uh, so good at making it seem like the underdog uh, it, it can win. Uh, and, and you had that, you know, on, on back-to-back A-block nights. Wh- which of those two matches did you like best? Um, I had the Tanahashi-Yoshihashi uh, match higher. Um, I liked both a lot. I thought I liked the story of Okada and Yoshihashi because they're both stable mates in a chaos, right? But, you know, Okada, of course, is the main guy yeah. in chaos. And Yoshihashi has always been, at least as a heavyweight, of the of the team, the lower end guy, so he's on his way up, and it felt like it felt like the veteran giving a beat down to the youngster to kind of like get him motivated to work harder and to beat him, you know, to and, pull and, everything out of him. Yeah, and that's been the uh, the commentary with Rocky as well is like, yeah, you know, people give him advice. He doesn't really pay attention that much. He just wants to do things his own way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I listen to Japanese commentary, so <laughs> I didn't hear that. But uh, from what I was gathering from the match, it just felt like Okada was really trying to teach him a lesson, and and then of course you know Yoshihashi would fight back. Uh, Tanahashi was the same way. He was the veteran. He had the advantage early on. He was outsmarting him. Finally, you know the younger. Uh, wrestler Yoshihashi was fine gaining momentum gaining momentum really like you really thought that I mean Tanahashi was doing such a great job of thinking like oh he's gonna pull off this upset Yoshihashi gonna be Tanahashi and then you and then it was I'm glad it wasn't the high fly flow the traditional mm-hmm. way you know Tanahashi mm-hmm. finishes all his opponents it was a roll-up it was catching him catching him when he was when Yoshihashi was on the on the top of the momentum, he just caught him and pinned him like, like a true, like veteran would. Right. Yeah. And I think in like, as you, the visual was great. Like Yoshihashi was like surprised cause he had everything going his way. He was gonna, he's hitting all his moves. He was going for the big finish, but then he got locked in that hold and got pinned. And he's like, can't believe it happened. And he's like, tell him Tanahashi, like I had you beat, I had you beat. And then Tanahashi on flat on his back, looking up exhausted because you know, this young kid took him to the limit and he's just telling him, no, you didn't. 
I got you. Yeah. No matter what you did, I, at the end of the day, I, my hands raised. You know? Yeah. Or, yeah. That's what I took out of it. And I thought that was one of the coolest things of the tournament. And actually made that match. I actually put it over Okada Yoshihashi. Like, after Okada Yoshihashi happened, like, I thought it was really good. I liked it. But it was a number of good matches, of, of, of great matches in this tournament, right? Mm-hmm. But when this one happened, I just felt that had a little bit, gave it a little bit extra. That little, just that end, the little jaw jack at the end. Gave it a little something extra special. That's why I put it ahead of Okada, Okada's uh, Yoshihashi match. The finish that you're talking about, I was very happy to see it. I was also happy to see the finish in the Omega Zack Saber match, uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But one of my qualms with New Japan is that their matches uh, mostly end with finishers. Like it's like you know that. You know, um, when they hit their uh, their sort of their setup move and they go for the two mm-hmm. count, they're not getting it. Like, it's just not going to happen. And so yeah. uh, they, you know, and they, bu- they build towards the, the finish and the crowd's excited and they know, you know, they're so excited to see what's coming. But I liked it when I didn't see, like, when, when, when the pin happened on, um, on something that I didn't really expect to be the finish. Like, it's like, oh... Yeah, that I, I like it because it comes a little bit out of nowhere, uh, and you have you know Kenny, you know, sort of cradling uh, uh, saber, um, and and in this match, uh, you know, you you don't do the high five flow. So I actually like that because that was one of my major complaints um, that I was going to talk about on this show. And then <laughs> you know, in in two matches on back to back nights, they actually you know they actually went when it went away from actually hitting the finisher for the for the uh, for the pin. So. Um, so actually, let's just quickly go through some of these matches. Uh, night eight, uh, it was uh, Go- Goto and Yano wasn't very competitive. It was pretty quick. Uh, Naito and Tamatanga, I actually liked the work um, because they're both you know super athletic and 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 uh, Naito's very creative. But again, it's like we just talked about the Tongans. Like you knew something was going to happen, um, but. Uh, you know, N- N- Naito uh, thankfully uh, goes over here because you know I think uh, the mo- at least with the tippy top guys like you know sometimes that that should backfire. And Tonga's only got one win in the whole tournament so far, so I'm not exactly sure uh, <clears throat> where the story is going to be told. Um, and maybe like we were kind of talking about. Uh, in in one of the the earlier shows that we did, like ha- maybe he's the one who ends up like sabotaging Omega, and Omega doesn't go to the finals or something. But uh, whatever story that they're telling, um, getting wins for Tamatanga is not the story. So uh, mm-hmm. the um, so the other matches, Zack Saber Junior. and Ishii. Uh, this was a, this was sort of a, a surprising um, surprising finish too. Like uh, Ishii actually. Uh, he actually taps um, in in the triangle, and so they you know they tease it, tease it, tease it, and then and then he taps. I thought that was actually a, a good finish too, because um, you know the, the submissions and stuff. Uh, you know they're they're countering so much in in these matches. I thought that was I thought that was cool. And then uh, unlike we 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 didn't really predict it, but we sort of wondered if Juice would uh, would beat Omega again, but he did not. Um, I thought they had a good match, like. Juice to me, um, he 
he's not really at that next level, but he's kind of like bubbling. And it's kind of cool to see him sort of right before, you know, he, he gets into that, that position. And, and by right before, I don't mean like, you know, next month or whatever, but you can just see that he's, he's, he's on the up and up and, and he's going to be, he's going to be pretty, pretty big. Uh, and then the final match of, uh, of the, the night was Sonata beating Kotobushi. Super fun match. Um, these guys are like, it was like, um, a one-upsmanship of like, I, I'm, you know, going to one-up you. I'm more athletic than you. I'm, you know, I'm going to do your move. I mean, you know, just that, that kind of back and forth that that was really fun from two, uh, you know, from, Ibushi's uh, not really young, but just, you know, athletic, you know, athletic guys. So, uh, did you, what, I, I think you, you mentioned, um, was it the Zack Sabre Jr. and Ishii match was one of your favorite ones? Oh yeah, that match was great. I really liked that match. I liked how Ishii was just like pulverizing Saber, wasn't backing down from anything. And you know, Saber would get his submissions and slip out of things, but Ishii's like power with the chops and the clotheslines was really catching up to Saber. And then I really thought like I was like, okay, I think Ishii's really going over. I think he's going to go over on this match. Yeah. And all of a sudden, bam! Like Saber out of nowhere pulls out a submission, and I just that took me by surprise. That just really put it over top for me. So really liked that match. And then I also liked Ibushi and Sonata. I thought that was really good, too. Uh, I remember talking to Big Dave about this, and I remember he was, like, higher on the Ibushi-Sonata, but I was more towards the Ishii and Zack Sabre match. Mm -hmm. And um, the Omega juice was really good, but, like, it was kind of missing something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. And... um, I don't know what it was. It was, just it was missing something, but it was it was good. I mean, it's not as good as last year's tournament match. Maybe that's why I was. Maybe I was probably comparing it to that match, or maybe their title match. I was comparing it to, but um, you know what's interesting about this tournament, which I find kind of find kind of weird, is that Omega has not been closing out the block. Like mm-hmm. Usually, being in the semifinal, like, like he was just in the semifinal tonight, right, or today. Um, it was Ibushi and Goto yeah. ending it, which it was a great match. So uh, probably why they, they ended with those guys. But I think I think wasn't like that he, like the I, I think it was Ibushi's home crowd as well. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering what's going on because it just seems interesting that the champion, when your heavyweight champion, wouldn't be headlining, you know, each of the other B block. So yeah, it's just weird to me, but. Yeah, what do you think about that? Nothing or nothing well, to it? Or? Um, I think it's cool, actually. I mean, I think it's, you know, putting a focus on Coda and on Sonata. Um, and and, and it, it just, uh, it, it makes me think, like, when I, when I see Kenny come out fourth, I go, oh, match five must be really good. <laughs> That's just what yeah, I think, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. so, uh, night, uh, night nine, um, I, I would not say this was the best, uh, the best show. Um, it's, there was still fun stuff and we already talked about Okada and Yoshihashi. Um, the, after, you know, we, we've, we've, we've all talked about Michael Elgin, um, before and, you know, you even mentioned on the, on the first show that he, you know, he still has such an indie style, 
Um, I, there's something that because he, he he faces uh, he faced Okada uh, on the next show, but like whatever it was, I thought he and Suzuki was fine. But I don't know, like maybe it's because he doesn't, you know, selling isn't really Elgin's strong point. Uh, but I, I just expected the match to be a little bit better than it was. Uh, what did you think about this one? Um, I liked it. I, I, I kind of like the fact that with Suzuki, Elgin's not going to be doing his typical match. Yeah. Like his matches are all very similar. Yeah. It's going to be the big moves, the end, the kickouts, you know. Yada 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 to the finish, right? Yeah. This one, you know, he had to sell more. The focus was on the arm, and it didn't have that same feel of all his matches. That's why I liked about it, you know. And I like, I really like the finish, like how like Suzuki like, quickly got the uh, gosh pile driver. Yeah. How he went into it, like very really smooth. I mean, Alkin's really good. It's just I, I think he gets. I just think it's like the same match a lot of times. Like I, I know, like like you know, these crowds reacting these spin, these near fall attempts, but like I'm just sitting on my hands like I know these guys gonna kick out. You know, nothing's gonna surprise me until you hit your finisher or yeah. the other guy hits his finishing move. So I think the thing and and when I did the Wrestling Observer Radio with Big Dave, um I mentioned that I, f- I forget the match. It was probably night one, so whatever the Elgin match was night one. Oh it was evil. Um the problem that I had with that match is that you know, the way Elgin um, sells is, like, he does the sell for, like, three seconds, and then he just immediately, like, hits the ropes. And it's like, mm-hmm. he, it's almost like he's counting in his head, one, one thousand, two, one thousand. But, um, like, I, I, I don't buy, like, you know, I know we compare uh, Elgin sometimes to, to Jeff Cobb, because they're both, like, these big powerhouse guys. But, uh Jeff Cobb's the way he sells is just more believable to me. Now there are things mm-hmm. things that I'm sure people will say, well, Elgin does this better than Jeff. But I'm specifically just talking about selling. And like I really buy when Jeff sells, and I just don't buy it when Elgin sells, because I know that him selling is just sort of a transition into whatever else he's gonna do, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it it does. I think with Elgin for me it's just I feel the performance. Mm-hmm. And it is like making me suspend disbelief. That's like a real fight, right? Like Jeff, you're comparing the two. You know, Jeff has that ability to kind of because his selling is so damn good. Yeah, so good. One of the best out there in the world, in my opinion. I mean, he. he I mean, I've seen it. I've you know, I've seen people online write stuff about Jeff hurt. Jeff hurt. Jeff hurt. And then I talk Jeff, and I didn't. And then I talk to Jeff, and it's like, oh no, it's part of the match, you know. What I mean? like, he's just, he's just like, he's that good, and and but like Jeff can draw you into that story of the match, mm-hmm. and 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 make you believe what you're watching out there. Elgin, I always just feel like I'm watching a performance. I feel like I know the beats of the match. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know what's coming next most of the time. Like I just, I just, I, I want to see something different out of him. And Suzuki and Elgin brought that. I thought, you know, I thought. You know, Suzuki brings that element out mm-hmm. of all his matches. So, uh, so that's probably my favorite Elgin Elgin match so far. I think is Suzuki one. I think like my list. Um. So, uh, evil, evil beat Hangman Page, uh, and then in 
a match that I really, really, really did not like. Uh, Bad Luck Fale and Jay White. Um, they wrestled in the crowd a lot. And I don't know. I just, you know, I, of course we got the interference and everything. But this one, I don't know why more than some of the other ones. But I was, I think it's probably because it was that heel-heel dynamic. So the heat was just kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I just I, I, this may be my least favorite match of the tournament so far. Yeah, it's it's, it's down there for me as well. Um, it just <laughs> you know nothing to it really. I mean, yeah, like I said, the crowd was into it. They just didn't get chemistry. It was just what it was. And then of course the interference comes, and you're just kind of like roll your eyes. Okay, hurry up. And like, how does it work? Like the disqualification and all this funky stuff. It's just goofy. Yeah, goofy. yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Tanahashi and uh, Makabe, I thought it was fine. Like it was not, you know, they they didn't really try to steal the show. They just wanted to do their match. Um, and, and Tanahashi hits his finisher and, and, and that was, that was it. It was, it was a little short. Uh, I wouldn't even say it was super dramatic. Like there wasn't a lot of back and forth stuff. It was just like a solid match to set up the main event. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that match a lot. I thought, uh, you know, they always they they went out there having like a really good professional wrestling match, and uh, I always get into Makabe's comebacks with a big clothesline. Yeah, of taking those clotheslines perfectly. There's one where like he just kind of short did a short, quick clothesline that really popped me. I thought that was awesome. And, you know, all and it was all in the cell of Tanahashi. And uh, but yeah, it kind of just ended kind of quickly after that. Like, yeah, it felt like it was going to go longer, but it didn't. And I was kind of a little disappointed because I felt like it had more more to it. Yeah, yeah, that it just ended, and I was like, oh, it it, it it's ending. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so the uh, the next night uh, would be um, night ten. Uh, Tonga and Zack Saber Jr. had a match. Um, Again, interference, disqualification, ho hum, which is a, which is you know a little bit disappointing because uh, it'd be interesting to see the mix of styles here and and for you know the match did go eleven or was it eleven minutes something like that so it did go kind of long but a lot of it was you know just DQ stuff. It's just disappointing because you know Tom Tonga is so talented you know yeah. he can have these killer matches and because of the. Storyline they're trying to tell that they're not they're he's not all about going out there having killer matches. It's about causing chaos with the uh, G one tournament. And it's, like I said, to me, I'm not getting over. I'm just curious to see what the New Japan fans in Japan feel about this whole angle. Yeah, uh, Yano and Juice had probably the most uh, maybe comedic match of of the tournament. Um, it was fun. Oh. It was fun, but it wasn't it wasn't anything special. I love this match. This match is fine. This match is fine. It was the match before Yano's match before this that we covered. I was disappointed. I forgot to say what I wanted to say about it. Uh Oh, Ibushi's match. Mm -hmm. Him and Ibushi, I have to say this, I did not like that match. It's really low on my list because I'm tired of the exposed corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. You can't knock a guy's head in all four unexposed... uh, uh, you know, exposed corners, and the guy, the guy, still doing moonsaults and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid. It's just a comedy spot. It's just, uh, I don't know. 
Yeah, you know, I, I know a lot of, a lot of people a lot of people dig the Yano stuff. You know, he's very beloved, especially with the American fans. They really enjoy it. And even the stuff that he did with Naito where, you know, Naito's like taking forever to take off his shirt and so Yano puts his shirt back on. Like that stuff is fun. Um but yeah, the turnbuckle stuff is is pretty old at this point. Um but uh but yeah, like if for a knowing that you're going to have like these uh, ridiculous matches coming up because if you think about it, like, you know, the, the problem, I think the part of the problem is, is you had to open up with Zach and, and, and Tonga. So you already got that sort of disqualification thing in, in, as a bad taste in your mouth. And then you kind of have to do the comedy match because the next three matches are like pretty damn good. So, you know, you want to close with those three matches. I think if they would have put, um, you know, put the, uh, put maybe, maybe you have, uh, Naito and, and, and Goto, or you actually can't even do that, but it's just the placement when you have to go back to back kind of goofy matches, you're just like, okay, enough. Like we just saw this, but, um, but then, you know, we get to like some really killer stuff. Um, Ibushi Ishii, which we already talked about being ridiculous. Uh, Naito Goto, mm-hmm. which I thought was uh, really good. And then Omega and Sonata was also really good. I liked Ibushi Ishii better than Omega Sonata, but some people like Omega Sonata better. Um, all three matches, like back to back to back, were just really, really good. And this this is probably up there for uh, for you know one of the best nights of the of the tournament. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially those, especially those last two matches were really, 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 really good. Um, I. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, and I, I think uh, the Naito and Goto match kind of gets overlooked a little bit because it was sandwiched between those uh, those two matches. But you know, I still I still thought it was really good. I, it, it's probably not going to be on anyone's like favorite match of the of the tournament list. But you know, having to kind of be between those two crazy matches, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, so the next night is uh, night eleven, and uh, I thought th- I thought Okada's match with Elgin was pretty darn good. Um, okay, you know Okada is going to control things, and so a lot of the stuff that I don't like about Elgin, like he actually makes it uh, look uh, as impressive as possible, and 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 stuff, and so um, I-, I-, I liked this one, uh, but. Uh, I don't think it, you know, it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know where you have it ranked. I think I have it ranked, uh, 15th, uh, uh, of the, of the, the, uh, the tournament so far. But, um, did, did you say that you liked the, uh, the match with Suzuki better than this one? Um, yeah. What was the Suzuki match again? I'm sorry. Suzuki Elgin. Uh, yeah, no, no, I think I had, let me see, I think, I had Okada Elgin at number 11, and then Suzuki, gosh, Suzuki Elgin, number 26, so I guess I did like this one better. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, this match was really good. Uh, Okada brings the best out of everyone, you know. Club yeah. Kitakata is tearing it up. <laughs> and um, and uh, no, this match, was, this match was really good. It felt big. 
And I think last year, I think Elgin actually beat Okada in the um, in the tournament last year. So that was kind of playing off this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this match a lot. Uh, that a lot of it was just built around, you know, Okada's just throwing drop kicks and after drop kick and set. And Elgin is like, I I I, I wish. Um, I almost wanted to say, but, but like, if you think about, like, every time Okada claps, right, like, he's, like, getting ready to, to do the drop kick, and I, mm-hmm. I, I wish, like, maybe the announcer would say, oh, you know, he kind of gave it away, that's mm-hmm. why Elgin, you know, was able to, to, to uh, you know, interrupt the drop kick or whatever, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was good, um, the rest of the show, uh, not as good. Uh, we already we we already talked about the um, Tanahashi Yoshihashi match, but uh, Suzuki and Evil was, you know, crazy like lots of you know chairs and 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 and, and stuff. Um, he uh, but you know Suzuki's gotch pile driver is is over like crazy, and uh, I like I the the reversals. In this match at the end, I thought were really good because, like, you're like going, "Oh, he's gonna get that." Nope, he's not. Nope. Oh, evil's evil's about to hit everything's evil. Nope. Back to the gotch. Like, I thought that stuff was really good, but then you know, the lots a lot of the chair stuff and 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 the referee stuff is not my forte. But um, but I, I really liked the end of this match. Um, and then, but you know, there was some bad stuff. Okay, so I lied. Fale and Makabe was my least favorite match of the of of the, the G one so far. Um, I thought that was just like oh my god! Like I think that was a, an audible groan uh, for for me. Um, and then uh, and then uh, White and Hangman Page, which you like this match uh, at least when you tweeted me or uh, you sent me a message. You, you said you liked this match better than the than the uh, the Long Beach one. Yeah, yeah, it was a little shorter. Um, I think it lacked the Long Beach one went way too long. This one was about the right length, and you know they didn't go as crazy as it is Long Beach because I just remember Adam Page and Long Beach just taking like all these crazy sick bumps. And here he was a little bit more. It was a little more safe than their match in Long Beach, so I I, I, I like this one. Uh, Makabe and Fale actually didn't like. Hated as much as you did. Um, I did enjoy the uh, the big man stuff, and uh, between these two, it's just it's just the, the, the interference kind of took it down a quarter. It's, like, it's kind of sucks. Like you know, when it comes to my list, at least like once the interference happens, it's going to knock it down peg. Like it's, it's just we filter. It's we like it's going to be all like just <laughs> Fale and Tonga matches towards the end of this, my list probably just because like once the disqualification stuff, it's kind of just, like drops down. Yeah, totally. Um, so the show that we just watched, which was today's show, um, Night 12, um, Tonga and Ishii, uh, Ishii uh, outsmarted uh, everybody. I think he was fighting mm. three guys at one time at, at yeah. one point. Um, but I like the, the thing that I liked about the interference here is that 
Ishii was not played for an idiot, which I think a lot of the guys, a lot of the baby faces, when the, when this stuff happens, are kind of played for idiots. He uh, he actually outsmarted everybody and and uh, and won the match, and uh, and I liked that. So out of most of the Tonga matches, this one is higher than than usual because I, I thought the the I thought the way that it ended was uh, was much smarter than some of the other ones. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I liked the interference was all. It was a bit lot, a lot, a lot better done than the other previous matches. Like they just spaced out the interference, and then yeah, you're right. Ishii was a play for a fool. Like he was, he was keeping up with it. You know, like you weren't taking advantage. And then finally, you know, finally everything caught up with him. But um, yeah, it was definitely one of Tonga's better matches in this tournament. Uh, and then uh, Juice and Sonata, I liked. Uh, I liked a lot of, of this match. I was actually surprised that Juice won. Um, he took off his cast, threw the left hand. Um, there was a lot, lots of counters into the skull end. There was actually a pretty, a pretty cool thing that I thought was actually going to um, lead to something, but uh, I think Sonata had Juice outside and he put the the skull end on. And then he like left him out, and I thought he was gonna run back in and get the count out, or at least tease the count out. But he didn't do that. I thought I thought that's what they were leading to. But he, then he just ran him back in. But you know, good match with with two young guys. Uh, I thought Juice uh, Juice went for a moonsault and uh, missed it. Obviously, cause he was like trying to copy Sonata's uh, fin- finishing sequence, and I was like, man, that was a really pretty missed missed moonsault. Like this dude, this dude's pretty athletic. He's 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 uh, even when he, uh, you know, even when he misses moves, uh, he's impressing me. Uh, and then you know it was kind of fun because only Juice's second win. Um, again, I was a little surprised. I thought I thought maybe they were going to keep Sonata hot, but I guess he he does have to lose if he's not gonna if he's not gonna be uh, in the end uh, with with the top guys. Um, but uh, but yeah, just. I, I mean, I, I don't think it was a four-star match, but it was probably, you know, three and a half, three and three-quarter or whatever. Um, and then we talked about Naito and, uh, and Yano a little bit already. Uh, and then the final two matches were both really good. I think I liked Omega Zack Sabre more than you did um, because uh, the, the thing I liked about this match is it was like who like whose style... Uh, was going to win the match, sort of, and like uh-huh. there, there was a spot early in the match where I was like, okay, like Kenny is way too fired up. Like he runs and throws this big boot, and you could sort of tell that like Zach was like not really ready for it. But then the match slowed down after that, um, and and you know they were just going back and forth with, you know, it, it, Kenny goes for the the you can't escape, and uh, and Saber actually, uh-huh. you know puts him in a submission before he even gets, you know, gets going. I like that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, just in the end, you know, Omega outsmarts him and, and, and beats him with a, you know, with a, a wrestling move. And so it was, it was pretty cool. The, the, I, I wish, and it's just not Zach's tournament. Like they have, they just don't have plans, you know, for him to, to win a lot of these matches. And, you know, he's a heel and he's kicking the, you know, kicking the, the, the the uh, barricade and stuff after the matches, but I, I I wish he had like a bigger part in this tournament because 
I think he's such a good heel. And when he wins, it's like very impressive. But you know, for he he's he's just not in the mix this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. His his time will come. Like as he continues on his tournament, you know, not this tournament specifically, but as he competes in future tournaments, um, yeah, he'll he'll definitely have a bigger role. Uh, I thought I thought the Omega Zack Sabre match was 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 good. Um, I kind of held it against Ishi and the Ishi match with Zack Sabre, and it just didn't hold up to that one. So, um, but yeah, I thought it. That was fine. I, I felt like um, I felt I felt you could tell how tired those men were in this match. Mm-hmm. Same with same with you could tell the the the, the grind of the G one starting to catch up to everyone, mm-hmm. especially that match with uh, Juice and Sonata. Yeah, like they it was kind of rough in the beginning. Not not rough, rough, but like rough enough where you could tell like things are not in that smoothly as they would like it to be. And I think I, I felt like like there's frustration there. And on their parts, like you know, Juice kind of had a little frustration, frustration on his face, but he could just be part of the match. I don't know. But uh, one thing about Sonata and Skull End, like I feel like that's the easiest, easiest move to reverse. Yeah, out of. I just feel like you ever just like kind of like like he puts it on, you just 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 turn your you know turn around, and now you have the guy in suplex, no yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just seems like they really got to protect that a little better, or Sonata needs to protect it a little more. Um, but yeah, I thought that yeah, I thought this was a fun you know, overall a fun show. Um Goto and I, uh Ibushi was just another just nutty match with Ibushi. Ibushi's on fire. I still think he's gonna pull it out. I still think he's gonna win block B. I think right now you feel like Omega's coasting. So maybe Omega maybe Ibushi. Omega loses to Ishii and mm-hmm. Ibushi keeps winning and then they go into the finals. Uh, Kenny's up two points, and Ibushi can win the match, and then they have the same points. And but because he won the match, he he goes to to the finals. Like I guess they could do that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then, um, yeah, then Ishi because Ibushi beat Ishi, right? Yeah, he did. I'm trying to remember. God, what? this is long. They're <laughs> uh, all running together now. Yeah, I know. What night was that? That would have been, um, that would have been night. 10. It was Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just yeah. that was recent. Yeah, he won. He, he won that match. Yeah. So okay. So if Omega loses to Ishi, and Ibushi beats Omega, and they're tied, right, point wise. But I think since Omega. Ibushi beat Ishii and Omega didn't beat Ishii. Maybe that's what I don't know, something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of going to get kind of tight and confusing, but I think, I still think Ibushi slips, slips through and, and faces Tanahashi, who's going to win block A. That, that would be great. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, I really like this match as well. Um, I, I li- actually liked the, um, he did more of the the knee that uh, Daniel Bryan does with like the running and like the flying knee, and uh, mm-hmm. that that didn't that didn't win the match for him. But then, uh, but then the the uh, the the normal Kamagoye actually was the one that that won the match. That's like my favorite. It's not a flashy finisher, 
but it's it's my favorite and maybe it's just because he sets it up so well because he doesn't always hit it clean like you know kenny kenny hits the v trigger like clean almost every single time like actually against zach saber he didn't hit it super clean but it just looks so good uh ibushi doesn't always hit the kamagoye super clean but it's just like my favorite finisher of uh um in new japan because just the way he sets it up like i think of a like i think of if what's the like in a real fight like if someone just knees me right in the face like that is not gonna like that that's gonna end me so i just it just sort of feels like a real real move now i i don't know if someone would just sit there on their ass and let someone (laughs) grab them and knee them in the face but it just it just looks like oh like I, i really like that move um, but, uh, yeah, but, but go to well, that, go ahead. That fell by go to that finisher. That's what made that move at the end. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When he took that knee, like that fell, like he was knocked out. It was just a glassy eye. Like it was perfect. It wasn't like over the top. Like you see on the indie level or, or a lot of these wrestlers today. And they always that big wide eye, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and this was like just perfect. It felt it felt real, you know. It's, it was great. Yeah. So, Abushi's my guy. Um, you know, he's he is, and, and you know, it it sucks because you know he's not signed with New Japan. He's like the ultimate free agent. So you sort of feel like okay, like they'll let him go to a certain level, but they probably won't let him go. You know, further than than uh than where he is currently but I, I just i just love watching that guy i i really worry about that guy when when i watch him wrestle like if you remember when we were um uh the the long beach show that you didn't get to go to um where he like bonked his head uh and i don't think you saw him saw the the mix-up on, on tv because they they cut away from it but live like, like he just like fell on his head uh he's like he he can be a little reckless sometimes and you worry about him, yeah. But, I mean, but, but he had man, neck surgery and all that, so it's like it's a, it's scary for him to be out there doing all stuff he can do, and, and but you know somehow he's surviving. <laughs> yeah, somehow. yeah, no, but yeah, he's he's just so dynamic. He's a, he's like the one of the most dynamic guys in the business, and that's why I can't wait for that match with Kenny because I know that they're gonna go out there and they're gonna want to have like the best match of the whole tournament like i just know like that's their goal they just want to you know they're just gonna want to light up the whole thing and uh and it's gonna be great and and it's gonna be a much different match from something like tanahashi and okada which is the night before right like that match is gonna be a lot slower and a lot more storytelling and this match is gonna be like just like on acid right like so it, it's gonna be a fun last two nights um but we're getting ahead of ourselves i know i'm getting i'm getting a little excited for those last uh, those last two shows because we still have we still have uh more to come uh so the rest of this tournament is um tonight's show is okada suzuki uh, tanahashi and evil evil is uh is second from the top and then we get a day off actually and it comes back with Ishii and Omega, which is going to be great. Naito and Ibushi, going to be great. Um, and then Okada and Evil, Tanahashi and Elgin. Mm, we'll see. Evil mm. Evil and Okada uh, had a pretty good match last year. Uh, and Evil beat him, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's the that's big title match. Yeah, that's the uh, title match. October. Yeah, so yeah. 
So I'm, I'm guessing I'm, I'm betting that Okada wins that match as well. Um, I'm really curious about Anahashi versus Elgin. <laughs> Just uh, interesting styles, to say the least. So curious to see what kind of match they they have. Does Tanahashi step up and, you know, not step up, but like, you know, play the game of Elgin or is it, he's, I mean, he's a veteran. He'll probably he'll get the call, but I think it'd just be interesting to see how that, how that match plays out. I feel it's going to be more story than a normal Mike and Michael Elgin match. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that show, we get three days off. So I'm assuming uh, either that Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday is when we'll get back together and talk about the previous few shows, and then kind of preview into uh, into the the final the final three. So uh, August eighth is Naito, Sonata, Yano, Omega, and Ibushi, Tamatanga, and then we get another day off. So there's going to be lots of days <laughs> off coming up. So we're we're going to be so caught up um, and not have Good. to rush. Uh, and then the final two shows are in Tokyo and the ones that we were just talking about, Tanahashi Okada, and then the August 11th is Ibushi Omega, and then uh, the following night is the A Block and, and B Block winner. Um, it, it's going to be a, a really, really fun uh, next week and a half. I'm, I'm super excited for it, though I will say that I am finding myself not having a whole lot of time to watch sort of normal things that I watch. And then <laughs> I talk to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I just got to the All Japan subscription and I'm watching some show from January that I never got to watch. I'm like, How? Like what? You sh- Come on, be report the facts. It's June show. <laughs> okay, June. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm having an illness or something. And- <laughs> I just feel like I, I, you know, I was thinking about all Japan, and I was thinking like, man, I'm missing out on like these great stuff like what's going on. No, I really liked what they were doing and how they were building the company up and around Kento Miyahara, who's fantastic. Like if you're a fan of Tanahashi, watch this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's he'll get there. He'll be a legend like Tanahashi is. He's he's one of the best out there. He just doesn't get as talked about because I don't think. A lot of people will expand, and you know they should expand these other companies because their other companies are really doing really well. You know, they're putting on some really quality stuff. So, I mean, I, like I said, my you know everyone, everyone has an opinion on wrestling, what they like, what they don't like, and I would say just watch what you like and watch what you prefer and get out of. Like that's why I've been watching a lot of Japanese wrestling because that's the style of wrestling I like. And um, and uh, yeah, I just went back and I watched like the June Cork and Hall show, which. I missed, and I was curious about because the main event was Kento Miyahara versus Dylan James, who used to be James Ray Dean, and um, in Zero One, but now he's over in uh, All Japan as Dylan James, the big muscular guy. Um, you'd think that would be would be signing this guy right now. Um, he just has it. You know, he just looks like. You know, I'm sure if Vince McMahon saw him, he'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I get that guy. That's just a Vince McMahon type of guy." But he's really good. And um, they had a really, really good match. And just, like, Dylan James does these hard, hard chops and he's just, like, blistering Mirahara's chest. And the crowd, every time he chopped him, the crowd just went freaked out, you know. 
and Tanahashi, and I'm sorry, Tanahashi, Miyahara is like just sound like he's just as caving in, and, and of course he pulls out the victory. And then I'm also wrestling, watching Wrestle One. Um, they just their show just dropped, which I've been waiting for. It's from July 18th, and I've been really pumped about the show, so I'm finally watching that one. I'm, I'm just one one match left the main event, which is uh, which is going to be um, Shatoru Ashina, who's the most underrated wrestler in the world today. He's fantastic. He's awesome. I call him the Japanese Kurt Angle. You can tell he's a fan of Kurt Angle. Um, he's an amateur wrestler like Kurt Angle. Not not the high level as Kurt Angle was, but you know he's a fantastic athlete. And um, he wrestles in the final of this tournament. Uh, Koji Doi, who's a big, thick Japanese wrestler who's only in his twenties, and really, really big fan of his to see how his career grows because like he's going to be, he's going to be awesome. He's already pretty damn good. And uh, the big draw of that show for Wrestle One on July on, on July 18th was Strong Hearts, which is Cena's guys that splintered off from Dragon Gate, and now they have their um, China promotion, um, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And so now they're feuding with Wrestle One guys, which is Kazayashi, uh, Suji Kondo, who is uh, the president of uh, Wrestle One, um, and Kono, and um, there's also, I forget his name, I feel bad, but this like 19-year-old rookie, like skinny kid, like think like Kendall Wyndham skinny in a way, right? Oh my God. But like he has so much fire, he's going to be great. And like, you know, the elimination matches, they have an eight-man elimination match. And the you know in Japan a stipulation of eight man elimination matches are like over the top rope you know plus pinfall submission right which and like Sema who's like the leader of the group but really T Hawk is like the guy like is being really featured more than Sema because Sema's the old veteran and he's really you know it's about it's really about the future right and it's, and I really like this about Sema. It's like you're really pushing T Hawk, and T Hawk has everything. T Hawk, like I kind of want to go to Battle of Los Angeles to see T Hawk in person because like, I think this guy has it all. And uh, anyway, so like the young kid like eliminates Sema over the top rope, like, and the crowd goes eight shit crazy because like you know the young kid knocked the veteran out, and and when they wrestled one on one like uh, last month, like Sema beat the kid like in two minutes, so it was really cool to see it. You know, see that like little victory that he thinks the kid gets, and it's pretty awesome. No, it's it's, a, it's such a fun match. It's, the crowd heat's insane. Um, there's a lot of fans of Dragon Gates guys there, and, and of course the Russell One crowd. And it's and I'm kind of happy that Sima's there with his crew, and it kind of adds some some life to Russell One because Russell One's like kind of like drawing like 800, 700 fans at Corgan Hall. It's, that's not the best, but they have so much talent there. I just think they need more eyes on it. So hopefully going forward, they'll be doing, um, hopefully they'll be doing sellouts at Corkin soon right in the year or early next year. Uh, and before we get out of here, um, we had, uh, a, a sort of a sad Sunday morning, um, with the news of the passing of Nikolai Volkov, 
Then there was the news that uh, Brian uh, Brian Lawler, Brian Christopher, Grandmaster Sexay, um, who was in jail, uh, had attempted to hang himself. And uh, there was some confusion about whether he was still alive or not, or whether he was on life support. And eventually they pulled him off of life support. And then also Brickhouse Brown. And so we had three, you know, three in, in, in the day. Uh, which was really sad, you know. I think uh, most of of the wrestling community um, was pretty down on that day. Uh, before we we go, I know just just knowing you, you had to watch something of uh, of one of these guys or all of these guys just to kind of you know just to kind of you know remember them in, in a sense. Did, yeah. What 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 it's did like you? The, rest, the wrestling way of paying respect, right? It's kind yeah. of bring up the footage and, and watch a few of the matches. Um, I only got to watch, watch one wrestler, uh, one of the, one of the three. And I was Nikolai Volkov because, you know, just, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, he was one of the villains and, uh, the guys we love to hate and him and iron Sheik as the tag team that hated USA. Ah, spit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And so plus, you know, on the cartoon, he was he was a character there. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch some Volkov matches. So I ended up watching uh, Saturday Night's Main Event with Hogan, and I was like, just WF '80s like, perfect. Like if you would describe the '80s WWF, Hogan versus Volkov is like the perfect example, right? This um, is you know everything you expect from a Hogan match you've seen. Um, and Volkov's really good. You know he's there for everything. He's, guy. I, I would love to work that guy just because I feel like he's light and he mm-hmm. protects you and safe and and um, and he did good. And I and I end up going like further, older. Uh, and I found a match with him and Bruno San Martino online from like 1976, October of 1976. And you know, younger because off obviously younger and just uh, just really like really good and then the heat crowd heat's crazy and uh, you know everything Bruno did in New York MSG was just hot so it was a really good match you know and and, and Bruno must have really liked Volkov because he gave him a lot like a lot and um, people were really buying some of the near falls and stuff and then I had fun and I watched like the, the down and out Nikolai Volkov when like this uh, this is Ted DiBiase owned him, you know, and he had the cent sign on the tight. One cent. <laughs> yeah. I just watched, I didn't watch that. I thought that was just interesting. That, that's how, that's how a lot of people probably remember him. At least those oh, yeah, younger sure. than us. Like, that's probably their memory of him. And before they went back and watched Sheik and Volkov stuff. And then I watched uh, a fun little... Volkov versus Boris Sukov match from SummerSlam Fever, which is like the primetime special before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like the last match of their like program. And it was just kind of funny because they showed like, <laughs> maybe not the last match. Maybe it's just like, it was a quick, like less than four minutes and Volkov won with a Russian sickle to the back of the head. But like before they showed like him getting on a brother love show and, Jim Duggan making him a patriot, and then cut to the uh, uh, the Boy Scouts singing the national anthem with it. Like, 
just awesome cheesy stuff that you know I miss. I really miss that stuff. Um, we we mentioned uh, in the last show how big of wrestling nerds we were when we were younger. Uh, what did you did? I mean, did you have those wrestling nerve uh, wrestling nerd moments? when you first realized who Brian Christopher was and you're like, Oh, that's like Jerry Lawler's kid. And you know, that, that kind of thing, because that, you know, that's the stuff that, you know, those of us who, who were trying to be on the inside, you know, we, we would figure that stuff out and then tell all of our friends. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember reading that. I want to say 94. Cause I remember I got this random newsletter sent to, my house and it kind of exposed a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Closely observer or anything like that. I think it was like someone trying to start their own version of the observer. Uh-huh. And I think they might've like bought my name off of like pro wrestling illustrated. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like list or something. So that's how I think they that just came to my house. And then, um, I, I read that there and I was like, what? And I remember like looking at pictures of Brian Christopher after that point. I was like, yeah, you can totally, see him you know jerry lawler and him like that's his son right it's almost like when you realize like the genius lenny poffa was Randy savage's brother yeah all of a sudden you, they look exactly like yeah. right and that's what happened with brian for me it's like just a younger jerry lawler and um it was it, that was pretty cool and i always liked brian christopher i i mean he was an awesome little heel in memphis he had such a big personality and um he was really good, and, and then he went to WF. And at the time, he just came around. And it still size really mattered, you know, then still. And he never really got going until he, he found a gimmick with the two cool thing with um, as Grandmaster Sex Ave. And, you know, they, it was a nice little run, but it was also going to be a short run, you know, with a gimmick like that. So they, um, they, they yeah. for for a short time, they were super hot at a time when WWF was super hot. So, yeah. it, you know, folks who were really high on that Attitude Era, and maybe they maybe they're in it, they weren't high on wrestling after that. They were just very, very memorable characters. So much to the point that me and uh, my buddy Ed, we dressed up as Grandmaster Sexay and... <laughs> And Eddie Too Hottie as, uh, as as Too Cool. Uh, and I was trying to get my cousin Bruce to be Rikishi, but uh, he didn't he didn't <laughs> he he didn't do it for us. We could we Bruce. Yeah, we we were gonna be uh, we were gonna be a threesome, but Bruce Bruce didn't come through. Actually I think Bruce was probably still living in like Las Vegas or something. But um but yeah, like that 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 was uh that 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 was a tough one. Like it's not like you know, I'm sure Brian. I'm sure Brian would have been on, you know, lists of people who were like, ah, oh, you know, the, the the guys who get in trouble all the time. I'm not surprised that you know something bad happens to them. But still, it's like the way that it happened. It was really sad. Yeah, yeah, it's always sad. I mean, especially when they have their demons, and you know, he's only 46 years old, man. You know, that's still just very young, and it's. It's just, it's, it sucks, you know. And I, re- I remember Brian Christopher's story is kind of random, like APW story. Um, during a the time, there's Manny Fernandez was 
came to APW and was a trainer. And this was like 1997. It caused like, it just caused chaos. <laughs> the whole school. And, uh, but anyways, he took them on like certain guys on a road trip. So on the wrestlers on a road trip to work other, you know, states and stuff. And he, they stopped by Memphis studios and Michael modest ended up wrestling Brian Christopher on the TV. And they had like a really good match. And it was like one of the best matches like they've had on TV in a very long time. So I always remember that. And, um, about Brian Christopher, and I remember, like, I thought Brian, I just thought Brian was, was going to be a bigger star. Maybe if he went WCW, maybe. I don't know. Like, you know. Um, but 1993, if I really look at that year of USW Wrestling, and you watch what he did, it, it was fantastic. Like, he would do his thing where, like, he had all these minions and stuff, all these jabrones, and, like, he would, like, I'm going to put his hair up on the line and the guy was, he was lose. <laughs> and then he put another guy's head on the, you know, he was like always like all the other guys hair on the line, not his. Right. And he just kept doing, and then he had like a few with Chris Adams and they kind of did the same, same thing with, um, Steve Austin, the way, you know, um, he had, uh, his, uh, I don't know, she was like a nurse or a nanny or something weird. And it was Tony Adams with his, uh, mm-hmm. And then Chris Adams came and they feuded and and of course you know when the working agreement came with the WWF there was like some cool matches he had and I think he worked Luger at one point I think he did stuff like that so so yeah, I don't know I was like a big Brian Christopher guy and I remember like you know because back when you know you're always influenced by the wrestling magazines as a kid and I remember like the picture of Brian with all these belts mm-hmm. it just looked really cool and I was like oh man that's this you know, so I just couldn't wait to watch Brian Christopher, and it's just just interesting. And, and I'm really curious to read that the obituary that Big Dave's gonna write. I think it's gonna be out tonight, right? So yes, do that tomorrow. Yes, it 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 is either um, coming or it's out now. I'm not 100 percent sure, but by the time people listen to this, if they are subscribers, it should definitely be out. Um, one small piece of uh, of trivia. So if you remember the movie Rocky V, where Rocky mm-hmm. fights Drago and he goes to Russia to fight him, uh, Drago has a, a, a manager who is uh, his name uh, in the movie. I don't, I don't think they call him by a name at all in the movie, but the name of the manager is Nikolai Koloff. <laughs> I wonder where Sly, I wonder what where Sly was was getting his names from. I never knew. That. I never got that Easter egg. Yeah, and that's like super wrestling geek. Them like we got that right. So that's pretty awesome. So uh, it's pretty damn awesome. So I will tell you who told me this, which is uh, Big D. So Danny and I are going to do a sort of a. Um, a movie review series where we're just going to go all through all the Rockies and like break it, break them down and talk about like rumors and, and, and trivia stuff like Nikolai Koloff. Um, and so he, he's been watching, he, he bought the Blu-rays and he's been watching them kind of preparing. And, uh, that was what he told me. He's like, I looked it up in the credits. The name is Nikolai Koloff. And, uh, literally the night that he watched, uh, Rocky, that, that, 
then the next the next day we got the news about Nikolai, and I I teased him. I said that he jinxed Nikolai, but um, but yeah. So yeah. so good good piece of trivia there. Sly always Sly's Sly's got to be a wrestling fan. Hogan, Terry Funk, all these guys. Sly gets it. Yeah. Um, all right. So have you seen that? Have you seen that movie with him and Terry Funk? Paradise Alley. Yeah, Paradise Alley. Yeah. I read the book and then I watched the movie. Yeah. I thought they had a foul match. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, if you don't want to see the whole movie, because the movie's it's not it's not too bad, but like the human Terry Funk, Stallone versus Terry Funk match, I thought was pretty fantastic. Yeah. No, not that. No, his brother. His brother. That's who wrestled. Sorry. God. Not uh, to. It was Stallone was not wrestling. It's his brother who wrestled, and I thought that was. I thought it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Terry Funk carried that kid to a great match. Five star rated, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to see if uh, there, there's got to be um, a website or a periodical or something that wrote up about every wrestling movie and and the work like Henry Henry Winkler as like the gorgeous George character and like every every pro wrestling movie that that's come out. So there's what about that one guy from the the dad from Webster? Wasn't he in the movie a wrestling movie too? Right, Alex Karras. I think so. Didn't he actually wrestle too sometimes in the off season? He might have, but I think there's a movie he wrestles like some big blonde guy. Could have been Henry Winkler. Nah, no, I don't think it was him. I think it's called like something Bowl or something like that. Not Raging Bowl, but something similar. Um, um, it was a pro wrestling movie. I remember seeing that on like on. TV probably on channel two on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you're right. It's called like it's that. called Mad Bull. Yeah, a, yeah. a love a love story about a hulking wrestler whose bizarre life in the ring has little meaning until he meets a woman. 19- now I think about it, it's probably PBS. It's all this stuff. <laughs> 1977. Hey. There you go. I've never, that one there. I've never seen or heard of this movie. This is the first time. Well, maybe you have to get the heartbreak A day Rubio, <laughs> get a viewing party, watch it, have some adult beverages while you watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we, I think we'll probably be back. Uh, or probably a little earlier next week because there is a there is a break. Uh, no no shows uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I think I think that's how it breaks down of next week. So we'll probably get back together uh, in on one of those days to uh, to wrap up what we've seen and then preview the end of the end of the tournament. Um, and then uh, and then yeah, and then we'll. I think you and I are going to try to try to uh, get together to watch it. Uh, the the at least the final if possible but if not i'm sure you know we'll watch it in in due time um from, from yeah i think from it's a ghost, though, i think yeah i'll just double check the boss but yeah <laughs> sure it's a go <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be that'll be fun because then we'll we'll get to watch the whole thing uh the finale together and chit chat about it but yeah so uh so thanks to john i know it's late uh we are we we're recording fairly late and we got we both got to go to work tomorrow morning so uh for john i am double g we will see you when we see you peace out